0: I think it's both. It's like eternal, and it's got a beginning, and it's cyclical, and it, the reason is, is because God's eternal. Everything that God does is, is eternal. I wouldn't, I don't know how how it would be different than that.
1: What, the universe? Yeah. Well, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's That gets right exactly back to what we were just talking about. Yeah. If heaven and earth passes away, but my words or my information, quote-unquote, never passes away, exactly, it kind of sums it all up, doesn't it?
2: That was just a sample of an exchange between Frederick Adams and myself. As we dive into the great abyss of ideas about our reality and the universe and cosmology, the beginning and the end and uh, we just go on and on and I didn't do a whole lot of editing so this is gonna be what it is you can put it on fast play and I won't be offended and I won't never know so here it is hope you enjoy this is a typical conversation between us that we we have and if it breaks your brain well my brain has been broken on many occasions and I've told Frederick okay I need to take a break and eat something because all the glucose that was in my brain is used up and we're only 20, 30 minutes into the conversation or maybe a little bit later. And um, I can't think. That's why I try to call him earlier, but, you know, somewhere in between morning and noon, like 10, 12 o'clock, sometimes in the afternoon. Anyway, here's the conversation. Enjoy. Well, uh, you sound like a big
0: skeptic of uh, modified gravity theory, Mons, modified Newtonian.
1: Well, yeah, Uh, there's reasons for that. Uh, Mons doesn't work very well with, um, what is it, Um, string theory or or general relativity. I can't remember which, but there's one of them that was mentioned that it doesn't, Jive well with.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's not a perfect theory, but it does fix it, it fixes several problems, a bunch of like a whole list. I mean, I don't know if she was making the list bigger than it should have been, you know, in in a significant form. You know, but there's like at least seven or eight things on the list that uh, Mons solves. Um, it doesn't solve everything, but then you've got
1: sounds a little bit like just another way of saying the the X-17 particle which was called the fifth force and uh, that's a mediator between light energy and dark energy processes. I mean, here's my thing. If we have gravity and then we have anti-gravity... What in the heck would <laughs> modified gravity be? I mean, I got an idea in my head how how it could work. Uh, you know how gravity uh, and anti-gravity kind of like turn into each other.
0: Well, yeah, there, there would have to be a phasing out. But then, what what is being observed is not consistent in in a force way right uh so there's uh, in other words what what happens on the galactic scale uh is not a consistent thing you know sometimes so these things uh run more towards uh you know einstein All you right, know Newtonian. Well,
1: let's, let's try it like this would you say that in a solar system that the planets that are closer to the sun are spinning faster than the ones that are farther away from the sun.
0: Uh, yeah, there's, well, it, it looks like that because they've got shorter okay. to travel.
1: No, they're saying in, in the galactic configuration that the ones that are closer to the black hole are not spinning as fast as the ones on the outskirts of the galaxy?
0: No, it levels off. So the curve is not falling off like it's supposed to so it it goes from spinning faster but then it's it just levels off as you go to the outside and it should instead of leveling off it should just get slower and slower because it's weaker slower
1: and slower
0: correct except for no
1: no here's a thought for you okay okay First we're gonna examine we're gonna put like the universe like a large room. And we're only gonna put one object in the middle of the room. <laughs> okay, so now you got this heat swirling around in the room and heat causes things to expand outward. Okay? It causes the air molecules to lighten and push in an outward direction. But if you have an object in the middle of the room, it acts like a heat sink. It sucks the heat into it. It absorbs the heat like a black body.
0: Until there's equilibrium, right?
1: Well, yeah, unless the the heat source is continuous and it's like continually recreating itself, kind of like the effect of anti-gravity. It keeps recreating itself at the perimeter or the edge of the universe but I'm using the heat kind of like a um analogy to gravity.
0: Yeah, cuz we more or anti-gravity, right?
1: Well, it's anti-gravity. Well, yeah, anti-gravity is what I meant. And the heat sink would represent the gravity. It would be like the black hole in the middle of the room. Okay. okay? So if you've got all these currents swirling around in in the middle of the room, that he- heat sink is sucking up all the heat. The heat is pulling inward into it, just like gravity would. Okay, but on the periphery, like close to but not too far away from that heat sink, some of the heat is there's like a an interface layer. Some of the heat's getting pulled towards the heat sink, and some's just swirling around it further and further out until it's, like, going through its expansion mode again. Yeah, you know
0: what I mean? exactly. So there's yeah. a
1: definite interface layer, and that's kind of like, to me, it seems like that's what they're saying with this modified gravity, like it's interface layer.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, so there's you know, a you...
1: mediator between what's happening where the gravity is and where the anti-gravity is.
0: Well yeah, we would see something on that scale doing something like that, right? So um as you get on larger and larger scales, at, at some point, let's say we took a uh, a galaxy and we just made it uh, you know, 20, 50, 60, you know, 100 times bigger. I don't know how what range of galaxies there are. But I'm sure they range a lot. But uh, we should see that some of the galaxy is going to have to be spreading apart because space is spreading apart. Because what they tell us is that at some point, space is going to accelerate apart, and it's going to just rip apart everything. Like the space in Earth, doesn't matter how cold it is, the space is just going to tear it apart. You know, that's, that that you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson calls that uh, the big rip.
1: The big rip, yep.
0: Okay, so, yeah, so uh, the RIP is already happening. It's happening on the intergalactic scale, and gravity's still working on the intragalactic scale, so, you know, smaller than a a galaxy. Um, But somewhere in between, we should see some kind of mixture where things are not quite...
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, things are, are not quite functioning... Like they would on either scale, so uh it it would be reasonable to suggest that okay um the the curvature would be different right on that scale, but it's not consistent though, but the, the,
1: uh, there well, uh, the like convection in a room isn't necessarily consistent either.
0: Yeah, so uh, it, it depends on if there's a cluster of galaxies, they all tend to have a better curve that's more normal without dark matter. And I guess gravity or uh, galaxies by themselves seem to have more dark matter or this phenomenon's working uh, more so on it. So it's being affected by the amount of regular okay, matter well, that's...
1: Here's the thing with the Mond, okay? That's like a nine-year-old theory, okay? I thought it was older than that. Well, most of the videos you're seeing on YouTube are about nine years old, but it could be an older theory than that. I don't know the exact age. I just know most of the videos that I've witnessed on somewhere like YouTube were made about nine or ten years ago. Okay. All right? And then these these new ideas about we discovered the X-17 particle are relatively new. In other words, and that X-17 particle kind of is doing the same thing as what's occurring in that interface layer. It's mediating between uh, the polarity of gravity, you know, Mm. what's going on near the black hole and what's going on in the outskirts of it. Yeah. Mm. No, I I do notice that uh, Sabine there, her video is relatively new.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the other one was about a year ago, maybe, nine months ago.
1: I actually like Sabine, but she's sometimes comes off with some uh, strange ideas. <laughs>
0: yeah. She's the German one, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And then you've got Becky.
1: Hassenfelder or something like that. I can't remember how you say her last name. British. Yeah.
0: Oh, the, the, the other one. Okay. Um, yeah, so Becky's the one that says the decades and decades of go, she said that a couple, of she was talking about the black hole, there was decades of information before they accepted dark matter, but yeah, this other, like, I'm like, well, why does it have to be one or the other? Maybe it's Newtonian physics or modified Newtonian physics as uh, part of that, but it's also subjective to certain circumstances, you know? Um, and so that's what that Schiff Serbian, or whatever said.
1: says. The yeah. Yeah,
0: the And I'm like, all right, uh, that's you exactly what I you ever watched
1: any of thinking. Sean Carroll's videos?
0: This, no, probably not, I don't... All
1: right, well, I would suggest, uh, watching a Sean Carroll video on, uh, modified gravity. Okay. Because... He's going to introduce elements of string theory and quantum field theory that may sway you. Okay.
0: Uh, well, yeah, send me a link or something because I won't remember. Yeah,
1: I will definitely do that. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay. Let's see, what do we got? Oh, so,
1: another way you could probably visualize a thing like that is if you have a sink full of... Uh, water flowing into it, right? But this is an extremely large sink, right? And then suddenly you pull the plug in the middle and it kind of acts like the black hole. Things are now swirling around the hole in the sink. But on the outskirts, the the swirling action isn't as profound. You know, but somewhere in between the edges in the center, there's going to be an intermix layer where you're going to have a little bit of both kind of acting on it, you know what I mean? Gravity as well as the anti-gravity or the swirling water as well as the water getting pulled into the drain. Yeah. So if you, like, drew your sink and then showed... Directional arrows they are called vectors, right? Showing the flow of the fluid and then how the fluid intermixes and then ends up getting sucked into that that drain. It may give you a kind of a picture in your mind of how this is all going down.
0: Okay, well, think about this. Okay, so I'm thinking of the curve of gravity as an S-curve, right? So look, on a piece of paper, you start, and you, you draw a line up, and then over to the right, and then up again, right? So what what the first side, the left side, represents is gravity pulling inward. And then the right, right. side is, you know, it's pushing apart. Now, the, the right. shape Instead of that-
1: Below the S, you got your intermix layer.
0: Yeah. So what that looks like, uh, you know, the the shape of the S is going to be. Uh, it's it's going to change based on the objects that are there, right? Because the
1: variations are and fluctuations. Yeah. What kind of matters involved? All that stuff, right?
0: Yeah. So uh, so the the question is, is how how long is that middle part where it's kind of flattish, you know, or, or is it flat, or is it always going one way or another, you yeah, so.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, if you like the sink idea at all, try to imagine the edges of the sink, the water is spilling over the edges.
0: Oh, yeah, that's even better, water
1: yeah. Flowing outward. Yeah. Spilling over every edge. Yeah. And in the very center of the sink, it's getting pulled inward. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. Kind
1: of like, yeah, it's kind of like what the universe is doing. Mm. It's spilling over the edges, but in in certain like galactic centers, it's getting pulled inward.
0: Yeah. How did you like the uh, graph about the... So the greater light ruling the day, lesser light ruling the night, and the stars. Yeah,
1: I like that.
0: I thought that pretty pretty well illustrated, basically, what it's showing, because you can see the full circle, right? And essentially, the lesser light, you can see that uh, it's going to overcome nuclear fusion, or the greater light and everything, you know. Right. It's just right. It, it's yeah, I like, that. yeah. I thought that worked out well. Wow.
1: Maybe I, do you want to talk about that? Should I pull up the picture and look at it while you talk?
0: Yeah, see if it spurs any ideas or,
1: okay, hold or whatever. Hold on a second. Here we go. had to go into my computer room.
0: Your Linux computer.
1: My Linux, yes.
0: I tried to do Linux and I, I couldn't get it to work.
1: <laughs> Why? Is, all you got to do, what you got to do, is put it on a flash drive.
0: Yeah, right? I think I think That's I tried that.
1: Computer.
0: Image or something. I don't know.
1: You need a little program that will open the files up too and turn them into, a, you know, a usable product. Or, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's years
0: ago when I tried it.
1: Oh wait. It's easier now than it was then.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Fusion okay. energy, day, electro right. nuclear, greater light stars, lesser light, black holes would be uh, night gravity, dark energy, dark matter. Yeah, works for me.
0: That is describing. I think it's uh,
1: verse
0: seventeen
1: or. 15. That the ones we went over before, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, yeah, we went over that.
0: Yeah. Did you hear uh, uh, Sherman uh, and I's podcast uh, going over what works for
1: I heard part of it, and the interesting thing is his issue with verse, was it 20?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, well, I, I would think that the second chapter of Genesis, would kind of cover verse 20, wouldn't it? I mean, it says uh, all these generations, quote-unquote, and then in the day that they were created, quote-unquote.
0: Yeah, I wonder what he'd say about that.
1: Because that's that's implying that uh, the, the day that we're having the question about or any kind of a God day... Yeah. Involves generations of time, right? Yeah. And this is before these things were even put into the Eretz. Yeah. Or Are it's a different timeline. Yeah, I'm still timeline a different dimensionality.
0: Well, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not convinced uh, that Chapter Two is a retelling of Chapter One. I. It seems like it's more of a another restarting period to me. And and I think that they, they added the seventh day to Chapter 2 to try to cover that up, blend it in. Otherwise, it would be two different chapters. Uh-huh. Day seven should be part of Chapter 1, but, uh, you know, whatever. Well,
1: even if you take it at face value, it's still saying that created things went through eons of time before a particular day was even finished in all before they were even put in the well, matter energy configuration. Well
0: Sherman's open to that. He even brought up later on in that uh about the uh you know, Daniel a week in Daniel was like a year. Ezekiel it was something like that as well. Um Yeah, I don't
1: I don't necessarily take it as uh like we say a day of the Lord is as a thousand years to man, I don't see that as concrete. I see that as a way of saying a day of the Lord is an incomprehensible period of time for us.
0: Yeah, nobody lives a thousand years. Nobody has. Yeah. Well, yeah, the the whole point is not really to measure out the times and and, and use it as a quote because it's it, it's reversing itself right it's a thousand years of a day and a day is like a thousand years i mean god could spend a thousand years worth of time on one day if you wanted to that's what it's saying so the the point of it is that time is inconsequential to god the fun part is is if you um if you take Each day in the 6,000-year timeline, and you multiply that by 1,000 years each day, uh, we came up with the sun and the Earth and stuff showing up on day four, which happens to be when the sun shows up anyway. I mean, Earth develops on day three, but I, I I think I have a strong case to suggest that day three and day four are are both happening on the same time timeline, because it's the waters above and the waters below. It's, it's right. not like the waters above, above.
1: With planet Earth forming before the sun, is that there are things relevant to planet Earth that could only come about with the sun.
0: Well, if they happen at, well, according to cosmologists, basically they, they happen at the same time, four and a half billion years ago. Something like that. right? Really? Yeah. How old is the Earth? It's around four or four and a half billion years old, so is the sun. I mean, the whole solar system was developing around that time. So if you stack day three and day four, there's no controversy there. It's the waters below and the waters above are happening at the same time. And the reason why there's days... There is chronology, but days mean something. Day three.
1: 4.5 billion years old is the sun, is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then the Earth is.
0: Somewhere around there, yeah. But we did the math before I was in Ingram. I remember, I think it was a Friday.
1: I remember when we went through all that, yeah, we were... It was really
0: weird. It was like,
1: whoa!
0: Yeah, so each day and in there would have been about just under 2 billion years or just over 2 billion. I don't know. Because the, the universe being 13, you divide that by 6 or 7 or whatever. Yeah, it's uh,
1: saying 4.5 billion years for the Earth as well. Boom.
0: Yeah. Everything's pointing to day three and four being at, at the same timeline. Yeah.
1: Okay. So how does that work out mathematically in comparison to the age of the universe? Though, so, Like, if, uh, the Earth, if planet Earth was made on day three. And each day is an incomprehensible period of time. How does it? Where would the sun being made on day four? I don't see the sun being made on day four. I think the greater light has nothing to do with the sun necessarily.
0: Well, there's two things. There's two timelines being shown. Okay, so the first there's two days that are exclusively cosmological. Well, one of them's quantum. That's day one, the shortest day, like one plonk lake long, you know, and then you have day two exclusively, uh, well, that's, that can be, that's, that's blending the heavens and the earth, there's, you know, you could think about the clouds and, you know, waters evaporating and dry lands appearing on earth and stuff like that, if you want to apply it that way.
1: Um, I wouldn't apply, yeah, that's the other thing, I wouldn't wouldn't even consider the earth being made on day three if the sun is made on day four. (laughs)
0: Well, what I'm saying is what day two is setting up the timeline for two different timelines because there's the the waters below and the waters above, and then it follows the waters below, let them be gathered and let the dry land appear. Well, it's telling one half of the story on day three, and then it's telling the other half on day four, and then it's coming back. The pattern is suggesting that we're not talking strictly chrono- chronological. Uh, it is overall chronological, because you don't get man before you get light, you know. Um, but there's there's two different timelines. There's the earthly timeline and the heavenly timeline.
1: Earth shows up,
0: you know, but in the middle. You know, so stars are forming, the greater light and lesser lights are forming, The same as the waters below are gathering together, and the dry land is appearing. All that's happening at the same time.
1: Yeah, I I I could see that from a um what would you call that a
0: (laughs) cosmological perspective?
1: Level one perspective, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, well, think about this. Like, if you literal water, that would be like. simpler perspective.
0: Well, I'm using the word waters to to be familiar with the text. I mean, we're talking about matter. You know, the the matter within and without, I mean, there's like five different meanings to that that I point out. Um, But, okay, the days, the numbers of the days have meaning as well. Like day three, is it a coincidence that on day three, you know, the uh, plants are named, but there's three different kinds of plants and there's three different levels of plants, right? Just grass, then herb yielding seed, then trees with fruit with seed. You've got three levels of three. Okay. In the in in day four you have four sets of four. Yeah, let there be signs, seasons, days, years. Then you've got uh to rule over the day and the night, light and the darkness. You've uh, got—I forgot all the four different things, but yeah, four sets of four there. This numerical order here: day one, you know, there's unity. Day two, things are separating. The numbers are all aligning, so there's there's a mosaic of meaning there. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is, day two is showing that. There's two different timelines. There's the timeline of the waters above and there's the timeline of the waters below. And they're not necessarily conflicting. So anyway. Uh, okay, so here here's another thing to think about it. All right. Earth shows up in the middle of creation somewhere, right? The heavens are basically completed or finalized before the earth is finalized, right? That's not Accidental, that's part of the story right the The universe has got to be developed to a certain point of completion for life to be able to form on planet
1: Earth, <laughs> you know right
0: so all this is being told in this one story
1: right, hidden well, I don't know if I should say hidden, but um, yeah, I'm going to say hidden. Hidden layers of understanding.
0: Well, it's hidden to those that read it one time and think they know what it's talking about.
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, we, uh, we we deal with that a lot, don't we? <laughs> it's like, I, I read it plainly. And uh, I mean, water's just the stuff that I drink, man. That's all it is. Earth well, is the I'm only quiet, thing I... Uh, King James.
0: Yeah, uh-oh, don't, don't do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I'm, you can cut that part out
0: uh yeah Sorry. well it's it's just like uh, it it used to be more frustrating than it is now because I'm finally using language that is palatable, and what I did with uh with Sherman, as I point out, you know because he had a hard time with um one word having multiple meanings um and i'm I'm not sure uh yeah well okay, so. So I asked him the question, and you missed out on this because I guess you didn't watch the, listen, the whole thing, but that's fine. I'll just tell you. Um, he says, uh, I, I asked him a question. Okay, if earth is just the land under our feet, then uh, what, are, what are the lights in the sky? Lights in the firmament of the heaven are to shine light on the earth. Does that mean it's supposed to just be on on the land? So, If that's your application, then it renders those words in the Bible meaningless because why would it have that specific purpose when the light just goes everywhere? You can see it on the sea and on the land. In fact, you can see light better from the firmament of the heavens if you're not on earth at all.
1: Yeah, I I think people got a, a skewed understanding of the difference between light and darkness for some reason.
0: Yeah. So, we're, I mean, we're, if we're, we're talking making...
1: to regular light, like from the sun, photons streaming outward.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, so you're out in space, and space looks black. But it's yeah. actually got photons Still. streaming in all directions through it. All yeah. you've got to do is put your hand up, and you'll see your hand like you're in a light, a brightly lit room.
0: Yeah, Sh- Sherman made that point he also.
1: Black. <laughs> he did? even.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Gavin was even open to that. You saw Gavin's uh, comment on, on the Facebook post.
2: He yeah. was saying,
0: it's open to the idea now. I'm like, what, you mean you're, you're not won over? I mean, I didn't make a close and shut case on that? Open no, and shut
1: been, case. We've been kind of working on old Gavin for three years now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you were working on me for seven years, and I I didn't come over until I I, I figured it out on my own. I I at least that was yeah. What it but you're like.
1: you're more kind about it. You even if you disagree with something, you'll still entertain listening to what I had to say.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was stuck on evening and morning as first day, and I said I, I don't know how to get around that. But once I got to verse fourteen, where it says the lights of the sky are to tell time. I was like, oh, okay, well, what we know about the lights in the sky is they're very far away, and light only goes a certain speed at the max, and it slows down from there. So right. what they're telling us okay, is... So when
1: when you see, like, uh, Sherman getting that long pause, yeah, it's like you've, you've sparked something in his head, and he sees what you're saying, but he doesn't have a rebuttal for it because you're you're now... He's in that interface zone between gravity and anti-gravity, you know? Do I get pulled into the hole or do I expand outward?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what he does is he retreated to what he's more comfortable with, and that is the constellation. That's his hobby. He's got more knowledge on that stuff. That's what he retreated to, but it wasn't really relevant to the the thing, so I tried to rein him back in, and he, he finally... He came over, and that's that's something I highly respect about him. Is that you know he he's not so prideful or anything to to be like, well you're wrong. I can't figure out a reason, but I just know you're wrong, and I'm going to come back later and prove you are wrong. Well, it's it's like no, it's like you know like I see your else point.
1: know we'll do that to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um... like that, 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 you don't you don't find truth by trying to fortify a position that is hard to defend. You. You find truth by, you know, says, standing you on know the sideline. Question. Yeah, you're and you say okay.
1: If you find out you're wrong about something,
0: yeah, this is this is something I tell my wife. I'm like, yeah, if I'm wrong about this, this is going to be a good learning lesson for me. I can't wait to learn if I'm wrong. Just the other day, she, uh, so we had a guest for Airbnb, and she didn't have a good feeling about him. And I looked at his picture, and I'm like, ah, he seems like a nice guy to me. You know, I I can't tell. Well, this this guy is uh seems to be behaving in a passive-aggressive manner, right? Leaves lights on, and then when she writes a note, hey, before you leave, remember to turn lights off. I mean, he just turns more lights on, like the living room light. Yeah, okay. Like, well, her instincts were correct on that, and mine weren't, so I... I don't know why I would go with my instincts next time, <laughs> you know?
1: So, I would say he's a mind. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> a modified graph, uh, Newtonian physics. Mom.
1: Yeah, because uh, he's passive-aggressive. He's polar.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, in, it could all be a coincidence, but I mean, he did... Uh, I think he turned... I don't know, but whatever. This guy's going to be gone in a couple of days, I told
1: her, you know, just... Well, what I was going to say was, like, that long pause with Sherman is something we all kind of do at one time or another. I mean, like, typically, if I'm on something that I consider important, I kind of ignore everything else. So, literally... Uh, the greater and lesser light for a long time was a black hole in my own brain, you know, like somebody asked me that and I'd try to avoid answering it because I haven't del didn't delve into it deep enough. And then you said something a few weeks back and I'm like, wow, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: and, and you've you've stumped me a couple of times, and I, and and I'm thinking, and you're like, hello. We've <laughs> never doing that before, right? A yeah. few times, I'm like, no, I'm still here. I just uh, I'm so lost in my thoughts right now, <laughs> trying to trying to swim back to the surface to be able to respond. <laughs> well, in
1: discovering the truth, we should all be pleased to find out we are wrong or correct.
0: Yeah. Because well, it's a bonus if we're right, because then we're like, okay, that's reliable. Maybe it'll work. It's got a better chance of working in the
1: future. That's
0: why well, I'm bringing this stuff out. I no don't want
1: ever be wrong, so when you are wrong, it's really good to uh, realize that, because then you can move on to what's correct.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Kind I, I practice
0: this especially in, in, in economics, right? I'm, I'm definitely open to Different theories on economics, even though I identify as a free market uh, libertarian type, you know, uh, but I, I, I'm still going to listen to other people's arguments on that. But um, but yeah, it's been a putting this out there is opening up for people to to push back and say, hey, this is why you're wrong. You got And what I've been getting mostly is, like, your grammar sucks. And um, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. No, and they're uh, very uh, popular. I noticed that that guy
1: was picking on your grammar.
0: Uh, uh, Which one?
1: Somebody was, like, making the statement about your grammar. And Mm -hmm. my assumption was... Okay, well, that's the only recourse he had was to pick on Scott's grammar.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, Sherman had told me that. I, I think I cut it out of the the podcast. Oh, yeah, because you, you heard the first version. Yeah, that's right. And I, I didn't cut anything out. I just sent it to you just to listen to.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, it and, was Sherman. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: So, and I appreciate I, that. It, it fact the
1: first time I ever heard his voice, <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Well, Sherman spent some time, and he he, I I, I told him, hey, I'd be more than happy if he can put right out what I did wrong. That'd be great. And he did. He went through the whole thing, and and he put bullet point after bullet point of, uh, and they were good, you know. And I, I don't, I haven't paid as much. I can't see some of that stuff. I'll go over the same document twenty times, and I'll, I'll miss the same thing. Until he points it out, I'm like, oh yeah. But basically, where I'm at is, yeah, I'm still going to pay attention to that. It's a it's a bonus for me to get the uh, the help for that. But you know, the, the point of writing is so I can make a blog or a, a podcast and and put it out there. But there's still people that read, and there's it's a small group of people that'll read it, but a larger percentage will listen to it. And at some point, I'll put it on YouTube, and that'll have an even bigger audience, I guess. I don't know.
1: Okay, well, touching on um, what we originally were talking about, yeah. uh, the, this idea of modified gravity has to fall under the heading of an interaction. So there's a coupling going on you know, with other fields, as well as their own possible field or whatever. And, uh... Okay, I, I would say, like, if you were making a field theory out of, like, modified gravity, there's three things that go into a field theory. The first one is it has to show degrees of freedom, okay? Uh the number, the spin, uh, vibrational modes, and then the second one would be like propagation, right? Uh, massless, uh, particles, like the speed of light, this, uh, photons propagate at the speed of light, so does gravitons, okay? And then, um uh, The third one would be interactions, which we just went over, um, coupling between... If it's a mediator between light energy and dark energy, then it has to couple with them in some way. Okay. Okay, so So the mediator... look Look those three things up, degrees of freedom, propagation, and interactions. Those are things, like, to make a field theory, you got to include those in, the, in it. Uh,
0: I think that's out of my, my competency level.
1: <laughs> no, look them up. It's not at all. You do it all the time. You just oh. don't do it in a uh, formal manner that way. Oh, good. Okay. Huh. Everything we've ever talked about involves degrees of freedom, propagation, and interactions. Yeah. So they're just words that we don't discuss, you know, they're actual like a label for what we talk about. Huh.
0: I was thinking the other day, you know, he separates the light from the darkness. I wonder if they're separated also in their polarity, right? Because you got all the forces of light have positive and negative polarity, right? That's so. I think nuclear force have that as well, I guess.
1: Well, yeah, but like if we were talking about like a, a graviton in relation to gravity, they have a polarity too, right? Well, like if we're talking about a spin one graviton, you would imagine a um, a circle and superpose a cross-shaped uh, ellipse around it. Right, So one ellipse is going up, and the other ellipse is going across the middle. Right, mm-hmm. So on the outer part of the ellipse, the arrows are pointing out, and on the inner part, they're pointing inward. Okay, yeah. That would be called a spin one. But if we take that spin one and spin it 45 degrees, so the cross now looks like an X, you get the same thing, but it spins in two modes. So you could have a spin 1 graviton or a spin 2 graviton, and that polarity is literally, you're seeing the polarity when the arrow's pointing out, that's anti-gravity, and when it's pointing in, that's gravity. Now, if you had a a version of a graviton that has no spin at all, it's called spin 0. And you know what that does? Why? It ex- Bands and contracts. It's like the graviton is breathing.
0: Ha, weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> huh. But that's more of a string theory thing anyway.
0: I mean, they, they've actually observed gravitons and stuff?
1: No, no. No one's oh. ever seen a graviton. Oh. They, I don't oh. think they can because, as you and I have discussed, gravitons are... The idea of a graviton is an approximation of a real particle because it's virtual, right? So
0: yeah, it would have, have to be hard to detect. a particle,
1: but there's no actual particle.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, but I'm thinking, okay. So forces tend to have. So my point is, is that the separation is a type. Uh, it's multi-level, right? So the, the light and the darkness are separated from each other. But, you know, the the forces of the light have polarity, but gravity only seems to go one way, except for if you zoom out on an intergalactic scale, you know, the galaxies are moving apart, even though the stuff in them are, are attracted to each other. So that kind of polarity is a different kind. You know, if it's the same thing, you know, it's the same force, it's all connected and then you've got this, so it's manifesting itself in three different ways but it's it's all part of the same thing
1: well the idea of any kind of polarity is just showing that there's no such thing as a monopole
0: (laughs) Uh, it was breaking up, I didn't hear you
1: it said the idea of any kind of a uh, polarity uh huh It shows that there's no monopoles. No, you don't really have a thing with a single charge or whatever. It's always got its opposite.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we we often
1: gravity there has to be anti gravity.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's why Yeah, so I don't know why they don't call it anti gravity, they call it dark energy.
1: They don't know where it's coming from.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's just another way of saying anti-gravity.
0: Yeah.
1: Einstein called it lambda. Oh, okay. And the fact that it's a cosmological constant means that it happens forever. It's it's not going to change. Space is constantly uh, reproducing itself, so to speak, and that's where they start running into things like... their mask gets screwed up because it blows up to infinity. And then they have to renormalize the equation to to make it fit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's right there in verse six. It's the rock you can't Let there be a rock to separate. And that's what it's doing. The separation is an active process. And it doesn't stop well, because I- he doesn't play.
1: I don't know if you had gone over uh, what I sent you the other day about in the scripture where it says that he bows the heavens.
0: Yeah, I I saw that.
1: Oh, do you get that, right?
0: Yeah, he bows the heavens. Einstein
1: obviously got it, too, when he read it. (laughs) Because if God is bowing space, he's bending it, right? And Einstein's answer was... Space bends in the presence of matter or mass, producing the gravity. So if we say God is bowing or Yahweh is bowing the space, he's bending it into a circle. Why would he do that? Well, it opens up the idea of wormholes. Yeah. Which are like black holes.
0: You think that... Okay, so I, I st- started a documentary last night, uh, The Edge of Space or something like that. They had Hawking in there. And he was talking about how basically the, the information that's coming out of there is static. It's unorganized. So whatever information that went in, basically deleted.
1: Yeah, you can't really delete information. See, Hawking said that quite a while back, but I don't know why he doesn't take into account that, uh, well, maybe he doesn't believe wave functions are real. See, a wave function is actually the entity that the information is, right? Yeah. So if we we say an, a wave function times itself, <laughs>
0: Hold on. we go. i got to take this call. Hold on. I'll, I'll be right back.
1: Hawking for a long time suggested that when a black hole shrinks, that the information within it starts to dissipate, and when the black hole evaporates, that the information is lost forever. And I do not personally agree with that kind of thinking for the very reason of the idea of a wave function. Now, there's two camps about wave functions. Some people believe they're real. And some do not believe that they are real. I personally, for spiritual reasons, believe they're real. So, uh, if a wave function is considered to be the state of the matter, okay, it's like whatever state the matter's in is represented by the wave function. So, the wave function is like the energy or the uh, information that makes up the state of matter, all right? So if you take information and times it by its complex conjugate or the star wave, it results in a physical object. Now if that physical object disappears, it turns back into a wave function or a bunch Mm. of wave functions. So there's no way that a black hole can destroy a wave function because it's not physical. Oh, okay. See my point? Okay. <laughs> it's like saying if God went into a black hole that it would it would destroy his information. Well, we know that's not true.
0: Okay. Ah, huh. so
1: we can now relate the idea of a wave function to the idea of Yahweh in a spirit. If we say the description of a wave function is the, okay, I'll put it like this. In your Bible, a description of a spirit is a non-physical representation of something physical like you. So you have a spirit, right? Yeah. And And then it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when you're... Spirit leaves your body; it's present with the Lord. Um, now, if we go to quantum mechanics, the description of a wave function is exactly the same. It's a non-physical description of a physical thing. Therefore, mm-hmm. the wave function contains the information.
0: And the wave function is that from string theory or. Uh, field theory, quantum
1: or mechanic. oh, okay. oh, it's used in all of them.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Oh. My That's personal favorite is quantum field theory, but it's used in all of them.
0: Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a movement against string theory because it it can't be verified. I think oh, Mikaku... I gave up
1: on string theory a while ago, but there's still good ideas in it.
0: Yeah, Maccaco seems to be um, neutral on it. Not for well,
1: he's it. practically the father of it.
0: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> I thought he was
0: just kind of like a spokesperson for.
1: Uh... Hell no! I got it. He's got books on string theory and quantum mechanics. I mean, big books that. Oh. I mean, you have to have super intelligent to even understand some of the, most of the stuff written in it. Yeah.
0: Wow. Huh.
1: Yeah, pick up one of his books sometime. You'll be like, I can't make heads or tails of this thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I had to (laughs) read Brian Green's book three times. and I was thinking about doing it again.
1: Brian Green's book is like nothing compared to Michio Kaku's
0: books, yeah, I mean, unless yeah. you're just
1: buying a paperback, Michio puts everything in a way for the the layman to understand, but I'm talking about his textbooks,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't mm. know. Does Brian Green even have any textbooks?
0: I doubt it, I think Brian Green's trying that there's a there's kind of a small market for. Spokespeople for the cosmological, you know, you got Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's probably the leading one. Brian Greene's trying to get in there. Mukaku, he's kind of on the older end of that. Um, he he likes to do the eccentric, eccentric, eccentric stuff. Uh, he talks about stuff that sounds spiritual, and he said, you know, he talks about the uh, he. he his parents were Buddhists. They believed the universe was eternal. And it, but he went to a Presbyterian church and that was, uh, the, you know, the Bible says, it's in a beginning. And he says, uh, basically he says it's neither because of the multiverse. But uh, I think it's both. It's like eternal and it's got a beginning. And it's cyclical. And it, the reason is is because God's eternal. Everything that God does is, is eternal. I, I wouldn't, I don't know how how it would be different than that.
1: What, the universe? Yeah. Well, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's, that gets right exactly back to what we were just talking about. Yeah. If heaven and earth passes away, but my words or my information, quote, unquote, never passes yeah. away. exactly. It kind of sums it all up, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, the stuff that are made out of the, that the universe is made out of uh the matter yeah, but the, but the the organization the,
1: yeah. the information cannot be destroyed,
0: <laughs> yeah huh well i uh i I'm close to my destination here, and I gotta pay attention here, so okay. I'll have to let you go and talk later
1: all right. I was outside if I sounded, like, loud or whatever, and there's machines out here, so if I was talking too loud, I apologize.
0: No, no, it sounded good to me. Okay. Yep.
1: All right, then. Well, you have a good day, and thanks for chatting.
2: All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that production. There's more. And um, that's all I got. Share this if you liked it with your intellectual friends. And if not, we'll just move on to the next one. Have a good day.